you're listening to the Quality Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine Braxton. If you're a personal trainer who is trying to grow as a fitness professional, but feel unprepared to do so, listen in each week as myself and associates in the fitness space share practical tools and advice to help you become a quality coach. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably likely here because you decided to go all in on the fitness career. Big ups to you for that. It's a big deal. So a thought that I can imagine you're probably having or you've had at some point is the mental gymnastics around where does this thing go? Like, what can I turn it into? Is it just going to be me on the training floor forever on a Sunday until I'm like, old and gray. So my guest today is the very accomplished Brianna Battles. Brianna has well over a decade of experience as a coach, and she's a certified strength and conditioning specialist, as well as the creator of Pregnant Postpartum Athlete. And I brought her on today because I know that she can help shed some light on this topic matter that we are about to discuss. So Brianna, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yes, 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 yes. So my first question for you is um, what were like the stereotypical options you were fed as career choices in the beginning? And how did you veer off that path to where you are today? Absolutely. So I have my undergraduate degree in kinesiology and exercise science. I later went on to get my master's in coaching. Now, during that time period, especially with my undergrad, there was no option of entrepreneurship. It literally was not mentioned at all. So that was never a thought in my mind. I was not raised around entrepreneurs that just was never, um, it just wasn't an option. And I didn't know anything about that. What was presented as an option was be a PE teacher, go down the physical therapy route, maybe corporate wellness, strength conditioning, personal training, um, potentially just like teaching, but not a whole lot beyond that. And it was also like very particular salary caps. I just remember thinking like, okay, I'll be like, maybe I'll make $40,000 a year. And like, that was like, okay, like that, that would just be, I'd have to be happy with that because that's just what the range is for that career or physical therapy. Well, maybe that could be a six figure career, but like at what cost? And then that was always like going and working in a clinic setting, right? Because even with that option, they weren't teaching about like starting your own practice necessarily. So um, I think the only avenue of entrepreneurship with gym ownership, and even then it's hard to be a brick and mortar gym owner. Back then there was just even more like, um, like the corporate gym environment. So, um, you know, it's just, it was interesting what was put on the table as an option. And then the money that, or the financial amounts that I guess were attached to some of those options. Yeah. It was, as you, like what you're pointing out, it was always a massive trade-off. If I made this money that allowed me to live a lifestyle that I'd rather live, is that lifestyle going to happen? Because I have to log so many hours just to bring that money home. Right. Yeah. And I never had a, a like, it was hard for me to imagine a dream lifestyle for work also, because I knew that I had always been interested in health and fitness and coaching that had been on my radar since high school, even. So I felt like I was very much in alignment with where my interest was, but I didn't know really exactly how that would translate into like, what career option would that be? What would that actually look like? What would that mean? I didn't get to the point of like, what my schedule would be like, my hours, my uh, clientele. Like I just, I couldn't even go there. I just thought yeah. like, 
all this work and I just have to like get these degrees and then start figuring out exactly how I'll be using it. But I, I had ideas, but not sure like the intricacies of what those ideas looked like. Yeah. It was hard to get granular at that point. Right. right. Oh yeah. And because so- the real life was not spelled out. Like the real life of what corporate wellness was like, no one actually taught you what corporate wellness was hmm. or um, like physical therapy. Like what would that actually entail after physical therapy school, like those, like the, what happens next mm-hmm. was not ever on the table. Wow. Okay. Okay. So can you tell me what year you finished your undergrad degree? If you don't mind. Yeah, that was 2008. Okay. Okay. So in 2012, so just a short four years after I finished the same degree, right. And there hadn't been almost there had been almost zero changes from what you just described. The only thing that clued me in as to the fact that physical therapy wasn't the route to take was because I had an internship and I was fortunate mm-hmm. to get that internship. It was a part of my majors, like thesis curriculum right. kind of thing. So if I didn't have that to dangle as a, Hey, you said you would help the university and here I am, I wouldn't have even had that opportunity. Yeah. So that's a crazy thing to think about. Um, so can you tell us a little bit just for people who are new and are at that point where they don't know where things look like or they don't know where it could go? Could you give us an overview of maybe what your business looks like now? Mm, what it looks like now? It's been a really interesting process. And before I can share now, I would probably want to rewind a little bit um, because, like I said, I never really thought I would get into entrepreneurship. And I always say that I kind of felt ass backwards into this because I just got really pissed off. And I got pissed off after the birth of my first son, where I felt like I have all people, I have my master's degree in coaching. I work with female athletes. I know a lot about the human body. And yet here I was postpartum with my first son, kind of did whatever I wanted to do, like really like ego led training through pregnancy. Um, and I just felt like I was in a body that I didn't fully recognize and an athletic experience. I just felt frustrating. And I was spinning my wheels. Like it was a, I was a mental disaster, like fueled by insecurity, anxiety and depression, a body to understand. And I felt like if I felt this way as somebody who quote, like should have known, there's a lot of people that feel this way. And I'm not ending my athletic pursuits at 22 I want to keep training through my twenties. I want to keep training through my thirties and there has to be better support for this. I don't want to follow BS pre and postnatal information. That was so lame. Like it was so stupid. I could not buy into that. Um, I still can. I still get so annoyed by some of the messaging and like BS out there. Um, (laughs) And so I ended up just diving in and trying to learn as much as I could from as many people as possible, both in from a research standpoint but also working with complementary professionals so that I could really understand the female body and that pelvic health component um, because there was just so much changes to our core system during that season that then require rehab postpartum. So in the trenches of like healing and improving my own body and performance, that started to directly translate into the coaching that I was doing. I left my job in collegiate athletics I started coaching just on the side, a couple women in my community, a couple friends, that class slowly started to grow. And I went from like, yeah, just come work out with me like for free. I don't even care. Like I just need to do something to, okay. Like I just made $300 this month. That's really cool. That can actually pay 
like part of like Cade's preschool. So then I can coach here and maybe like I can have even a secondary class and then I'm coaching three to five hours a week. Like that would be really cool. And at that point in time, I didn't have any overhead because the gym owner felt so bad for me that he knew I just needed to like, that I just needed to coach. Like it wasn't even about starting a business or making money. I just felt like I needed to do something that felt rewarding and in a way that I was applying everything that I was learning, not just to my own body, but to the people in front of me. So um, I started doing that and it really just kept growing. And then I became this like go-to person in my community for training during pregnancy and mostly like really recovering postpartum and then like building an athletic foundation. So not just going to the park and doing the stroller workouts, which there's nothing wrong with that. That just wasn't my vibe. So then I started attracting, like, I'd say similar to CrossFit, but truly what is the foundation of strength conditioning? We're moving barbells. We're moving our body in different ways. We can run, we can jump, we can lift, we can do pull-ups. We can do a lot of different athletic feats. Yes. And all of these people were discovering that their athleticism did not end when motherhood began. It was this continuing evolution where they were doing things that they weren't doing 10 years prior. Wow. So that's what really ignited, like, I guess what led to truly taking to the next level of business and entrepreneurship, because I was doing that in person in the trenches, not just with my own body and experiences, but I was doing it over and over and over for years Hmm. with, with people in my community, which then led to offering a similar content and education online, because I realized I couldn't keep answering emails all the time for free. It was driving myself crazy. I only had so much time. I had a little one at home. Um, And so I created my first online course. That was basically, if you know nothing else about being a pregnant postpartum athlete, like know these things, like know this about your body, because no one else is going to tell you it's about your body, which then led to creating a postpartum program, more and more fitness programs for that population. And then ultimately the coaching certification so that more coaches could provide the guidance and have a much more significant reach than just me speaking to different athletes. A coach can influence so many different people. So I created a coaching certification that really like sets the quality control for the pre and postnatal fitness industry. And I'm really proud of it. I love this. Love this. <laughs> like out of breath from talking about that. <laughs> oh my god, that was like a, that was like a sprint. Yes, but like I love this because you have done something that I am so adamant about, and it's creating quality in this industry. Quality control right. is what the people like you and ourselves who just have been coaches for years, and we look around, we realize other trainers are here. And, because the ones that are sticking it out are the ones that are trying to do something useful and meaningful with the people they work with. And they just don't know how, because they're not taught from the top. They're not taught from certification companies, or they don't get it when they get their degree or wherever they got their information from. Right. So I just love that so much. And Mm -hmm. I want to point out to people that take notice of there was a, like a process. You didn't just get your certification train a one or two clients and be like, I'm going to create a course. You didn't do that. And I really want to bring that out because today in social media, it can look like someone just started yesterday and now they have this big thing and they have all these people buying it. And it's just an illusion. It's an illusion because to be good at this craft, it takes reps. 
Yes. It takes training folks and making mistakes and learning from those mistakes and being willing to pivot and course correct over and over and over and over again. Right. Right. Yeah. And something that's like frustrating that we see kind of at the top. And this is why like the fitness injury is, is or industry is, is hard because the, a lot of the people that are giving the loudest advice are people that like, aren't even coaching that population anymore, mm-hmm. or they're not even like, really, they're not, they're not getting in their reps. And while I can sit on one side and say, cause they got the reps in their business has evolved, et cetera, et cetera. Like I'm, I'm kind of there, but I'm also still coaching people. And I had all of the reps of coaching people. So I think having that hybrid where you have your finger on the pulse of the industry and what it's like to still work with people and then give out advice is really important. And I, it's frustrating, like a pre postnatal fitness industry. It's like, Hey guys, don't take advice from people that are not coaching this population. Like you just shouldn't. It's one thing to be uh, pregnant or a mom, but that doesn't mean not mean that you're qualified or it's one thing to you know, like have a, a big business that serves a lot of different people, but then you're not actually coaching that yourself. Like we really have to look who we're learning from and what are they doing? What have they done? And is that somebody that I want to model certain things after? Mm -hmm. So, so, so true. So true. Thanks for sharing all of that. So a question I have Mm -hmm. is in your opinion, why should a trainer or a coach have that in-person experience before they decide to go online? Right. Oh, I think there's so much to be said about getting in reps in real time because there's a behavioral component. There is like the physical component of actually watching and feeling somebody move, getting that feedback in real time um, and having conversations, like really, really getting to know them, what their motivations are, what their struggles are, the accountability of them showing up. And you showing up, uh, being able to improve your communication, there's so much that gets lost in the online component where in real time, you can almost like there's an energy exchange too. And I think that's so important to be, to really hone the craft of coaching is reading energy, being a better communicator and, and observing and not observing by like an overkill of cueing, but just truly like taking in the experience and watching somebody and what they're experiencing, what they what they want, what they need, what they're doing, like truly to be an observer and then to slowly give feedback over time, not just in one session, but to watch their evolution unfold in real time. And that's just something that um, I think there's, that's the art of coaching, right? Yeah. So easy to focus on the science of coaching, but the art, it really involves the psychology and and the process of it, not just the outcome, but truly the process. And people online want to offer a lot of times outcome Mm. because they don't, they're not like truly part of the process. Mm -hmm. So I think when you're in person, there is a huge opportunity there to be part of somebody's process. And like, that's the part that retains clients that sells, that is what will make you an expert in your area. So then So then you can offer like a hybrid model because you're proven, you know, you like got your reps in you're legit. People can truly give you a testimony because you've been part of their process. Yeah. Not just a one-off thing. Uh, you really got to get your street cred in order to be taken seriously in the online space. Cause if you don't, that will be found out. Yes, it will show. It will be found out and you will not have continued success and the, your body will only take you so far for so long. So like that can't be your only like 
your only thing that you're really encouraging to like, there has to be a craft there. So like, Brianna. Like, <laughs> like you might have a great ass and great abs like right now. And that's okay. Like for sure, like use it to whatever advantage you want and craft the other skills because that ass might not be with you like forever, or you might not feel comfortable using it in the same way forever. So whatever that might be for you know that we have to be, we have to have a lot of different dimensions to offer. Oh my goodness. So y'all takeaways. <laughs> Brianna's beating y'all over the head with this truth. I hope you are absorbing it. If you're driving, pull over and take notes. Okay. Rewind. So <laughs> I know. I just oh. don't really know how to say it any other way. You right? Shouldn't. Like, Listen, just, you should something we have to like, we have to take ownership of and say like, I just got called out or we know like, okay, this is an angle I need to improve on. It's not, a, it's not even a call out. It's just a recognition of a lot of the trends that we're seeing now and like, how can we set ourselves apart from that then? Because that's what will be sustainable. Yes. So emotional intelligence, communication, observation, cueing skills, being a part of someone's process. Those are just some of the takeaways that you will gain from in-person training so that then you can take the next step in your career and go diversify yourself, go online. Yes. And that's what will make it like believable too. Mm-hmm. It is so easy. Once you start, once you start to pay attention as a consumer, it's really easy to see like, is this person selling me a program because they have a great ass or because they had a baby once and now they're putting out a program. You start to see that and you're mm-hmm. like, or did they actually like coach a lot of people? It's one thing to have a certification. It's another thing to put that certification to you. So then one thing I see a lot is like, oh, well, I got my pre and postnatal coaching certification but like they haven't coached anyone. They've like maybe used it for their own process, but they have not actually coached a real human through that season, which is like two freaking years. Yes. Get your reps in. And I use pre and postnatal because that's the industry that I'm in. But Mm -hmm. honestly, that goes for everybody. You get a kettlebell certification. You better freaking coach somebody with kettlebells before you're putting out an online program. That's coaching somebody on how to use kettlebells or yoga or whatever, like, you know, like coach a few CrossFit classes before you're buying a CrossFit gym. Yes. Yes. You have to experience the product before you can sell it. Right. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that overview. So do you still work with clients in a one-on-one capacity now? Very select clients. I will only take on professional athletes and athletes who have a very large influence. Awesome. And I, I reckon, I know that primarily because I follow along with your Instagram and you seem like you're having a lot of fun. So what does that relationship look like? Is that all remote at this point? Yeah. Everything that I do is remote. Um, if I am working with a professional athlete, for example, I'm working with a UFC fighter right now, which is super fun. Um, and I will like her and I will fly to meet up somewhere, whether that's in her hometown or, um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to the UFC in Las Vegas and we're going to like train there together. We like, okay, like I do jujitsu, but I mean, I told her like, you can't punch me in the face. Like I'll roll around with you, but please don't <laughs> punch me in the face. So this is going to be like a really interesting, like combination of like athlete me and coach yeah. me while yeah. also getting a little bit beat up. I'm really excited for it though. Um, nice. so, and then I'd like to start traveling more again for seminars. I did that pre COVID. Um, so I would like to start doing more of that. And then just Mm -hmm. from, a, we've had so many coaches go through the certification course. I would love to have like more in-person events from masterminds, retreats, to just, you know, like some coach connection in-person things, but 
a lot of that has just had to be put on hold. And I would really love to step into that again, but that's pretty much the only in-person kind of things I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, all of my fitness programs, coaching, mm-hmm. all of that stuff is online. And I mean, it's really a great way to have the freedom, I guess, of, of running a business that I don't have to be like in like a brick and mortar, for example, like every day. Yes. Um, and just trying to like really grow it and scale it and take it from business level to company level. Yes. And so for each of you who are wherever level you are in your career right now, you're wondering like, how can I make this more fun? How can I evolve it around the lifestyle I want to live? How can I incorporate the travel in it? Brianna is showing living the example for you. So the sky really is a limit, but you have to give yourself room to have earned it and not just think that it's entitled to you. Um, right. Not saying that any of you walk around with this entitlement, you tell a chip on your shoulder, but um, understanding that just like any career path, it it's it takes time to get to the level that you may see and exemplify and idolize. And it's okay to not know everything. That's why people like Brianna and myself exist so that we can help you move along. So we can help you be quality and not just what is fun right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Anything else going on that? Yeah. I mean, and it's funny because I never, I couldn't have imagined this being a life. I honestly thought like, I had this degree. I did the work. I did the things and like, Oh, I'll probably be a stay at home mom someday. And like, we'll just live off like Jared's salary for a while. And like, I thought I kind of had made peace with that. Yeah. Not really like, it always been like really motivated and overachieving, but I thought that was my path. I thought that it was like, well, I have that education and maybe I'll do a couple things here and there, but then I'm going to want to shift into like just being a mom for a while. Mm-hmm. So my early twenties, um, to mid twenties. I think that was like the belief system I held around my career and what my life would look like on the horizon. And then it wasn't until I had my son that I started to realize there is more for me. There's more that I need to do. And while I had, I'd already like found this peace and like permission to not. And it was when I like let it's, and then I think that was the piece I had to have was like this permission to be okay. And also that ended up giving me the motivation to do more and to keep making it work. Like it was, it was nap time hustle mm-hmm. for, an, for an hour there. It was like early in the morning, waking up before it was knocking out a post and just saying like, kind of sharing about what life was like. It wasn't even running a business. It was just freaking sharing like my own process and my own life. And that, that was the reps. Like that there, just living my life and sharing about that process, got in a lot of reps of what it was like to write a lot, what it was like to share a lot vulnerably, what it was like to be posting on social media, to share a process, to connect with people, to learn about what other people were experiencing. And that really just kept leading to the path of this is turning into something more. And I need to do something about it. I cannot ignore that. And it just became so abundantly clear. So where it was six years ago, four years ago is so incredibly different than where it's at now. And it truly has become a gradual 
process, not like these lofty goals. It's been like a one day, one week, one month, one year at a time. And, you know, sometimes there's bigger leaps than others, but it's the day in and day out that, that really adds up and and takes you where you need to go. Mm -hmm. That is, I just, I just love that, uh, your sharing of that story and how that process looks for you. And, um, kind of giving us a breath of relief to anyone who may be in that similar position now. I know personally for myself, I was roughly seven, eight years into this career when I had my son and I had the same thoughts. I wasn't going so far as to create a certification, of course, but I literally was like, I feel like I should know how to do this. And I didn't. So what did I do? I went and got certified. And then like three weeks after I found that you had a certain, I just should have waited a little longer. No shade to the one I have. I just think yours is better suited for me. But anywho, we're past that now. (laughs) (laughs) Brianna, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people find you? Oh, you can go to my website. That's www.briannabattles.com. Instagram is at brianna.battles. The brand page is at pregnant.postpartumathlete. And if you're a pregnant or postpartum athlete, I have fitness programs that help guide through those seasons. If you're wanting to become a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, love to have you. Um, Enrollment is always open and it is 100% self-paced, evidence-based, and teaches you how to actually apply the concepts that we talk a lot about into real life. So that's uh, that's my spiel. Oh, and the Practice Break podcast. I always forget to plug that, but (laughs) the thing is, it's like, it's so awesome. There's so many good conversations that happen there and a lot of really really great content. So if you really want to get a feel for what we're doing over here, um, check out the Practice Break podcast. It is a good one because I'm also on that one. (laughs) Thank you so much, Brianna. We'll talk to you you later. Bye guys.